Hello, and welcome to the Letters from Our Fathers podcast, where we explore the actual history of America's founding fathers from their own written words and personal correspondence, but without modern partisan political ideologies. I am your host, Roman. Now let's learn some real history. Indeed. Welcome back to the podcast. It's great to have you here. This is going to be episode number 43. This might be an even shorter episode than normal. I'm just having one of those weeks, you know, where there's all kinds of stuff going on. Really hard for me to keep up with the podcast lately. I'll tell you that much right now. When you get a lot of things going on in your schedule, it's um, everything everything becomes challenging, but doing a podcast is even more so, you know, it just adds to it. Still able to crank out an episode. There, There is one particular thing I wanted to talk about on this episode, and it is uh, this concept that the Founding Fathers had about private property. Doesn't get talked about very much, I don't think. Not as much as it probably should. And it's come up a few times in the letters that we have read, which means if it comes up more than once, then that, that means, you know, and because we haven't even, we haven't even really scratched the surface as far as the writings of the Founding Fathers yet. So if it's already come up a couple of times, that means it's going to come up again and again and again and again. So I figured I would address it. And, you know, the, the letter, the previous episode covered a letter written by Abigail Adams. And in that letter, there was one particular line that I didn't really dwell on very much, so I'll cover it here on this episode. And it goes a little something like this, quote, Let these truths, says the admired farmer, be indelibly pre- impressed on our minds, that we cannot be happy without being free, and that we cannot be free without being secure in our property, that we cannot be secure in our property if without our consent others may by right take it away, end quote. Now, that's pretty doggone plain. I don't think you could write that sentiment any more succinctly than Abigail Adams did. We've got a, uh, a funny idea about property in society today. At least some people do. Not everybody. What is property? What does that mean? What is Abigail Adams talking about? Obviously, you know, property is everything. You know, it's everything that we own. You know, everything from a pair of shoes to a box of pencils. Uh, everything from your car to your house, if you're, if you're fortunate enough to have a house. That is to say, a house that you... Uh, you know, allegedly own. Uh, at the very least, you have some paperwork down at the courthouse that says you have the right to occupy the property, as opposed to renting a piece of property. But anyway, that's what that's what Abigail Adams is talking about, obviously. But uh, more specifically than that, what is property? Some people say, oh, it's just property. Doesn't matter, it's just property. It's not like it's a, a human life, like if property gets destroyed. Eh, it's just property, it's just a thing, it can be replaced. It's not like it's a human life. You know, and on the one hand that that's true... That is true, but on the other hand, it's not just property. And it's, it, that's, that sentiment is buried inside of what Abigail Adams is saying here. You really have to, you know, dwell on what Abigail Adams is saying to really get that, I think. Some people would get it right away. Other people, it's going to take a little while for that to sink in. I'll read it to you one more time. Quote, We cannot be happy without being free. That we cannot be free without being secure in our property. That we cannot be secure in our property if without our consent others may by right take it away, end quote. Why is it so important? I mean, if it's just property, it could just be replaced. Why is it so important? I mean, the sentiment that she talks about here, you know, without our consent, others may as by right take it away. Well, who cares if somebody takes it away? It's just property, right? It can be replaced. doesn't mean anything. It's just property. Well, the reason why Abigail Adams feels this way and the reason why the Founding Fathers felt the way they did about property is because it's not just property. Take a look at the car that you have sitting in your driveway, in your garage, in the parking lot, wherever, and tell me, what did it take you to get that car? 
I mean, it's just property, right? It's just property. But it's not, is it? it? Took a heck of a lot more than uh, than you'd think to get that that property. In some cases, a lot of people don't sit down and really stew over it. I mean, it took cost money, right? But where'd the money come from? Uh, you convert money into property when you buy something. But where did the money come from? The money came from. Assuming you worked for it, and a lot of people do work for it. Most people do. Some people don't work for it. But I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that most people uh, work for the work for the money that they get. Money is time. And it's effort. And in some, t- in some cases, in, in the case of like a car, for example, it's hundreds or thousands of hours of your time. That's what that property really is. It's not just a piece of property. It's your time. It's your blood, sweat, and tears, how, whatever it is that you put into your work. It's the time you spend away from your family. It's the time you spend away from your house. It's the time you spend being stressed out about whatever it is that you got going on at work. It's the aggravation. It's the headaches. It's the emotional turmoil. It's the agitation, the frustration, the anxiety in some cases. And if you serve in the military and that's how you make your money, it's a heck of a lot more than that. It's not just property. There's something about it that is very important to the human spirit. And without property, without the ability to have property, the human spirit is affected. And Abigail Adams understood this. Most people today do not, do not understand that. And I'm not saying most people in the United States, but certainly I think most people in the world do not understand that. Uh, I don't know how many people it would be, you know, 50%, 60%, but I, I think the number's probably somewhere around there. People have a really kind of twisted idea about property, and they don't really uh, defend it quite so passionately as they should, as, as not as passionately as Abigail Adams did. Abigail Adams, in that one line, she makes it very clear. She draws a line in the sand. Quote, We cannot be happy without being free. That we cannot be free without being secure in our property. That we cannot be secure in our property if without our consent others may as by right take it away, end quote. This is serious business for Abigail Adams, and not just her. Oh no, other people too. We read a letter once upon a time written to Mr. John Adams from Edward Dilley from London. This is a man in Britain in 1774. Even over there, under the king, they understood private property. Just kind of interesting when you think about it. And I'm going to read you an excerpt from that letter. We've read this before. I'll read it to you again. Quote, Great Britain and her colonies are entitled alike to a free constitution, and an inability to enjoy property is the characteristic of slavery. End quote. Mm-hmm. The inability to enjoy property is the characteristic of slavery. Is there anybody in the world today talking about taking people's property away from them? Is there anybody in your country talking about taking your property away from you? Or somebody's property away from them? Do you hear the voices out there talking about taking property away from people? Because I do. But then again, I keep my ear to the ground. I'm one of those, uh, I'm one of those people who just, uh, can't help himself. I have to listen to the voices, uh, that are out there in the, uh, in the culture. Partly because I'm a history buff, a history enthusiast. You know, history enthusiasts are an interesting group of group of characters, uh, those of us out there who are. And some of you folks who listen to this podcast are sure to be history enthusiasts. And uh, you history enthusiasts out there, I really appreciate you listening to this podcast. I really do. You know, if I, if I have history enthusiasts listening to this podcast, that's, um, that's a high honor for me. But um, something about us, we also, ha- we also tend to pay attention to what's going on in the world, sometimes at a deeper level than other people do. Why? Because of it, it resonates with history. And I do hear the voices out there. They're always out there. There's always some country, some government, some group of people somewhere clamoring to take people's property away from them. And it really is a sad commentary. And and the reason why they do, the reason why they want to take property away from people, because, you know, if you have property, that means you have freedom. I mean, what, what have we said here again? Let me read Mr. Dilly again from London. Quote, An inability to enjoy property is the characteristic of slavery, end quote. Okay. 
And Mrs. Adams, let's do this back to back. Quote, we cannot be happy without being free, that we cannot be happy without being secure in our property, that we cannot be secure in our property if without our consent others may as by right take it away, end quote. So these people who want to take property away from other people without due process, basically is what I'm saying. Now, is there, is there you know, the Constitution talks about this in some regard, eminent domain, that's a, that's a kind of due process in and of itself. Somebody perhaps charged with a crime, due process before taking their property away from them, assuming there is actual due process involved there. That's the whole point behind that kind of thing, is you don't separate somebody from their property without due process, without, without their rights being honored and respected. There is a movement afoot, ladies and gentlemen. There is a movement afoot to bypass due process, the Constitution of the United States, and frankly speaking, around the world, this, I mean, this has been going on since time immemorial. I mean, ever since somebody ha had something that they called their own, somebody came along to try to take it away. And it's not just a thief or a robber in the night. Sometimes it's the person that you trust with your freedom and liberty, wrongfully so, but you do, and that would be your government. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, riddle me this one more time. You know, if, if the government, if you could trust the government with your freedom and your liberty, why in the world do we need a constitution? Why do we need a Bill of Rights that tells the government, you can't do this, you can't do that? Why do we need a Bill of Rights? Just take that thing, run it through the shredder, right? Now, I'm not saying the government's coming after your property, but there, you know, there are people who want to take it away. They may be in government, they may be outside of government, they may be contracted with the government, they may be not contracted with the government, and they may be some international body, perhaps, some international group of folks who want to take your property away from you for no other reason than they can. They think it's better for you to not have property. Which means what? What do they want for you? What people who want to take property away from other people, what do they want for you? What do they want you to be? Quote, the characteristic of slavery, end quote. That's what Mr. Dilly says. I didn't say it. Mr. Dilly said it. So if you want to blame somebody for my sentiments here, don't blame me. Blame Mr. Dilly. Uh, you, can go, you can go to the cemetery wherever he's buried, hold a seance, and you can, you can gripe at him about this. This isn't my message. This is his message. And you can do the same for Mrs. Adams. You can figure out wherever her, uh, wherever her grave is in Massachusetts. You can go out there, hold a seance, and gripe to her about this, but don't talk to me about it. I'm just listening to the, uh, the great teachers of the past, Mrs. Adams and Mr. Dilly. I tend to agree with them, but it's not my idea. I didn't come up with this stuff. I wish I were that smart, but I'm not, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. You know, before I before I read the Founding Fathers, before I read Mr. Dilley, Mrs. Adams, and all the rest of them, a lot of times my answer to these questions was, I don't know. Uh, the only reason why I seem so confident and so determined in my, my remarks and my sentiments here is because Mr. Dilley is so determined in his, and so is Mrs. Adams. And they've convinced me. They've, they've sold me on this idea. Why? Because they are very intelligent people, that's why. And this is something to watch out for. I wanted to come back to this because, again, we've heard this a few times on this on this on this podcast about this thing about property, and it's going to come up again and again and again. And periodically, you're going to hear me talk at length about property. And I want I've I haven't done an episode yet that really just drove it home. I've talked about it a little bit here and a little bit there as it comes up in the letters, but I've never actually just dwelled on it. And I felt like it was a good idea to discuss that with you. Because, again, there, there's some weird feelings about property in the world. Weird feelings about property. And understand, you know, next time somebody says something stupid to you, like, oh, it's just property, it doesn't matter. You know, it's not just property. That's somebody's time. That's somebody's precious time. Time is the one thing we can never get back in this world. And, you know, you may have your property insured, and you may be able to get that back. But, I mean, all of this stuff sets you back. 
whether it's, you know, the time it takes to go out and get another car after you lost one or get get, get replacement property after you lost that, the stress and the, uh, the whatever other feelings that you go through when uh, your property gets taken away from you, whatever, what have you, that's all lost time. And you may be compensated in some regard, assuming you're insured for it. Um, but then, you know, other times, you know, there's, there's, time, there's portions of that time you're just never going to get back. You know, sometimes in some cases, people work their whole lives for stuff like that. Um, and it's, you know, it, like I said, it's not just property. It's something that you that you probably something that you probably need. Uh, like in a case of a car, you need it to go to work. You need it to go uh, drop your kids off at school. You need it to go to the grocery store. You need it for this. You need it for that. It's not just property. It's your life. It's your liberty. It's your freedom. And the ability to enjoy that property keeps you out of slavery, as Mr. Dilly would say. And so guard your property. Mr. Mr. Dilly would have you do exactly that. Mr. Mrs. Adams, by the way, would have you do exactly that. Guard your property. And don't let anybody tell you that it's okay for that to be taken away from you for no good reason. You know, and I'm going to, you know, this this is one of those controversial statements. There are some people out there, and some, like I said, sometimes they're in government and sometimes they're not in government. Um, but some people, including people, some people in government, not not everybody, but some people, they don't want you to have property. And they, they will do everything they possibly can to separate you from your property. And they'll use all kinds of convenient excuses to do it, too. I mean, they'll tell you it's for the better of this, that, and the other thing, you know? And, you know, I've, I think I've talked about houses before in the United States. The, the housing market is basically some kind of a fictitious market. And it, it is basically a, or I guess more, it's a farcical market. It's not really real. What do I mean? A Roman, whatever do you mean? It's a farcical market. Well, you know, it, nobody really owns their house in this country. Let's be honest. Um, you know, if you pay property taxes, that's called rent. You're paying rent to the local government to, to rent your house. Uh, if you don't believe me, just don't pay your rent for a few years and see what happens. That house that you think is yours, it's gone. And why is that? Why did they, why have, why has effectively every house in the United States been seized by the local government? And people demonize the federal government, by the way, in some cases, but honestly, this is local government right here, and this is as local as local gets. This is the county. Why did they, why did they take your property away from you? Why did they seize your property? Because that's what that is. It's basically a de facto seizure of property. Why did they do that? Well, they told you it was because you needed better schools. It's for, uh, you know, it's to support the public schools. It's to do this, that, and the other thing. Oh, that's lovely. So we're, we're making trades now, aren't we? We're trading our freedom and our liberty for what? Public school? Is that what we're doing? Because, again, let me read this to you one more time. You know, it's, it's, it really is pretty basic, but, you know, when you put it in this context, I mean, I think sometimes you need to hear the words again. Quote, an inability to enjoy property is the characteristic of slavery, end quote. Okay. Can you still enjoy your property? Well, I mean, yeah, you can enjoy it, it's, it but it's not yours. That's the, that's the thing. I, I make the case that that house really is not yours, technically, at the end of the day. And there's a logical argument to be had there. Some people are going to dismiss that and be like, Oh, Roman, for Pete's sake, man, how dare you? How dare you say that that house is not mine? How dare you? Property taxes aren't rent. Well, like I said, you know, again, just don't pay your rent for a few years. Excuse me, your property taxes. Don't pay your property taxes for a few years and see what happens. A sheriff's going to come knocking on your door. He's going to kick you out of there. That house is going to be sold by the real owner. The local government is going to sell it to somebody else. Uh, I say sell, but really what they're going to do is they're just going to give them a right to occupancy. So you've traded your freedom and your liberty for a quote-unquote good public school system. Now, how good is that public school system really? You've given up your freedom and your liberty as far as your house goes anyway, and you've done that for a quote-unquote good public school system. Now, is it really a good system? I think that's debatable. I think in some places it is, in some places it's not. It really depends on the people who run the place, doesn't it? 
I mean, some of those are really a, a, a well-run machine, and others are really just a big steaming pile of crap. I hate to be so blunt, but I mean, that's basically what it is. So is that a fair trade? Is it a fair trade to give up your your right your property for, for that kind of a thing? I You know, in the latter case where it's a big steaming pile of crap, I would say the answer is no. But to each his own. Some people think it's justifiable. But um, why am I painting this example of houses and property taxes and all the rest of it? I'm not trying to be, like I said, this isn't a current events podcast. I'm not trying to be an advocate for, you know, changing the laws as it pertains to property taxes and houses. I'm just trying to paint a picture for you here because a lot of people, you'd be surprised. I'm sure the listeners of this podcast have thought about this before. At least most of you folks out there probably have. But there's, again, there's going to be people who cruise into this podcast who have literally never even thought of this before because it doesn't get taught. I mean, do you remember that uh, that high school class where they sat you down and described to you about, you know, described to you about, talked to you about real estate and property and private property and taxes and all the rest of it and how you don't really own it, the government does, and you pay rent in the form of property taxes? Do you, do you remember that class in high school where they taught you about, oh, wait, yeah, that's right. There is no no class like that in high school. I was actually talking to a, a lawyer f- uh, friend of mine that I know. He's not actually a practicing lawyer. He did go to law school though, and um, I was talking to him about this. And he, you know, he 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 had he actually uh, apparently did some kind of a research paper, something like that, on this uh, on this very topic when he was in law school. And the answer to the question when I posed it to him. You know, how did he feel about this? And, you know, he said, you know, you're absolutely right. That's exactly the way it is. You don't really own your property. Technically, nobody really talks about it like that, but that's 100% accurate. I'm like, okay. And the reason, and again, the reason why I'm saying that, the reason why I mention it is because, again, it, we, we start talking about this, this trade that people make. I say that there's people out there who want to take your property away from you, and that's 100% factual. Now, they usually can't do that unless they promise you something in return. So then you start making trades. You start trading your freedom and your liberty for these promises. And freedom and liberty, again, is this, this ability to enjoy your property as Mr. Dilly and Mrs. Adams would articulate it. Now, if you think Mr. Dilly and Mrs. Adams are a couple of idiots, then fine. Then you, then you obviously, you've, you've kind of checked out from this podcast episode probably, and you don't, you don't agree with what I'm saying, and that's perfectly fine. Each person has his own opinion. I'm not mad at you. But I don't think that Mr. Dilly and Mrs. Adams are a couple of idiots, and I don't think they're wrong about this particular issue. I really don't. I think they're right about this this connection between private property and freedom. I really do believe there's something to that. And when you start making swaps, you know, your, your freedom and your liberty, a.k.a. your property, your ability to enjoy your property, you start swapping that for promises. I think that's probably something you should really think long and hard about. The Founding Fathers seem to be fairly well convinced that that was a bad idea. You shouldn't be making trades. We've talked a lot about, you know, in the letters that we've read so far on this podcast, we've talked a lot about how the Founding Fathers were unwilling to trade their freedom and their liberty for whatever the heck it was the British Empire was promising them. They drew a line in the sand and they said, "Our, our ancient rights, our constitution, you cannot violate that. We're not willing to give that up. We're gonna, we're gonna draw a line in the sand. No taxation without representation. You can't do that. You can't abolish our colony charters. You can't do that. That's, that's our, those are our rights. We're not making trades with you. This is it." And they, they stuck to it. And because of that, there's, there's this country, this little old country called the United States of America, and there's a constitution. Thank goodness for that constitution. Thank goodness. We have a government with the constitution of the United States. Thank goodness for that. I only wish there would have been some protection for uh, private real estate property in there so that the, uh, the local county government couldn't come and take it away from you. And no, I'm not bitter because I had a house taken away from me or something, in case you're curious. I've actually never owned a house in my life. I'm not, I'm not quite that fortunate yet. Maybe someday, but not just yet. 
Uh, some people out there are going to think, oh, he's just bitter because you know he had a ta- he had a tax foreclosure on a house or something. no, never had a house. It's kind of hard to have a tax foreclosure when you've never had a house. So keep an eye on your property and be very wary of anybody, anybody who says they that you need to give up your rights to your property and we'll trade it for this, whatever this is. You know, it could be your oh, we'll, we'll make we'll keep you safe. Don't worry, we'll keep you safe. Just give us your property or give up your rights to your property or let us have access to your property. You know, sign away some of your rights, etc., etc., etc. Be very cautious about this stuff because you start making enough of those trades, you start making enough swaps, and eventually you're going to find yourself in a situation exactly like this. Quote: An inability to enjoy property is the characteristic of slavery. End quote. And you don't want to wake up one morning and find that you have the characteristic of slavery, do you? I don't know too many people who aspire to that. You know, I want to I want to have the characteristic of slavery. Is that what you want your life to be? You want your life to have the characteristic of slavery? Then you better protect your rights, and you better make sure that your rights are enshrined in some kind of a formal document that everybody can point to and say, See, these are my rights. Whether it's in the federal constitution, the state constitution, or if you're in another country outside the United States, whatever document it is that you have, your charter of liberties, your constitution, whatever it's called, you better try to make sure that your rights are enshrined in there as far as your private property, otherwise you're in big trouble, my friend. You're in big trouble. Mrs. Adams says so, and Mr. Dilly says so as well. And those are two great points of view. Somebody from London, 1774, and somebody from Massachusetts, 1775. Great, great perspective from both of them. And I I hope you understand why it is I felt like I had to bring this up, because, you know, people's property in the time of the Founding Fathers was under great threat, because, again, you know, taxation without representation. Taxation is taking people's money, and what did we establish that money is? Money is really just property or time, time, basically labor, converted into a medium that can easily be passed in between individuals, right? You basically convert your labor into money, or you convert your property into money, and then you, you use that as a means of trade for more property. So they were having their property taking fr- taken from them without representation. And what was it Mrs. Adams said? Quote, that we cannot be secure in our property if without our consent others may as by right take it away, end quote. So the parliament was saying that we have a right to take away your property, even though you have no representation here, a.k.a. no consent. That's a problem. And sometimes governments like to take away property, you know, because they call it an emergency, quote unquote, emergency. Yeah, you know, they, they, they tend to justify this kind of crap all kinds of ways. So be very cautious of this kind of thing. And if you don't, like I said, if you don't defend your basic right to private property, you are going to find yourself having the characteristic of slavery, like Mr. Dilly said. It's going to happen, guaranteed, 100%. And if that's the, if that's the life you want to live, then just keep on trucking. Uh, but for those of us who actually don't want to uh, go down that road, and we want to keep company with a Mr. Dilly or a Mrs. Adams, uh, then we better keep our eye out and make sure that we listen to the Founding Fathers and the rest of them, Mr. Dilly, Mrs. Adams, and pay attention to this stuff. Don't neglect it and don't ignore it. It's really important stuff. So uh, I hope you found this uh, this particular episode enlightening in some particular kind of way uh, for uh, basically a more in-depth discussion about property. And I hope to uh, see you on the next episode of this podcast where we will continue to uh, march onward in our discussion about the Founding Fathers. And with all that said, this is Roman signing off. Thank you.